This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, offering a range of mortgage, affordable housing, refinancing, and construction financing options designed to serve the needs of its customers. More info at trustmark.com slash mortgage. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. Money Talks will discuss ways to ask for a raise today. Our guest is Scott Stinson, Director of Human Resources here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. He'll give us some inside information on the best time and the best way to ask for a bigger salary. And we always are looking for your personal finance questions. Contact us by email. The address is money at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Nancy. We always like to start with you. April's over. Uh, what financial news is on your mind? Good morning, Kevin. Well, this week, uh, on Friday, we're going to get new jobs numbers to let us know how many jobs were, were created in April. And I'm seeing hiring signs everywhere. And so connected to what we're talking about today, the labor market is getting tight as the economy is opening up. Uh, we have added our own employee at uh, New Perspectives, but we're thinking we might bump over a million new jobs created in April as things then start to really really um, get back to normal, but we still have a lot of people who are unemployed, and that's excellent news, though. Happy Star Wars Day, Ryder. It's May 4th. Um, May the 4th be with you, Kevin. <laughs> What's on your mind, financially speaking? Yes, I wanted I, actually similar to what Nancy uh, mentioned. The Bureau of Labor Statistics also collects information on uh, they call it employment cost, or uh, you know, including uh, wages, salaries, and benefits, and uh, that is bumping back up. So again, with you know, as Nancy said, if you see hiring signs everywhere, then that means it's getting harder to hire people. If it's getting harder to hire people, you offer them more money. Um, we've had one of the biggest uh, three-month changes uh, in in uh, the the salaries and um, and wages offered, um, but the kind of 12-month change it's ticking up uh, just because last year was it was a very weird year uh, for the markets. So obviously, with a lot of folks getting laid off, that affected kind of wages and salaries. Uh, so as we move beyond last year's statistics, we're going to start seeing some pretty healthy increases in wages being offered to draw people back into the workforce. So our guest today is Scott Stinson, Director of Human Resources here at MPB. He's a member of the Society for Human Resource Management and has a professional in human resources certification. We're going to be talking today about how to ask for a raise. Well, Scott, uh, monumental. You are our first in-person studio guest since uh, the COVID uh, pandemic, so that's exciting for us, and we're glad to have you. Uh, you've worked in both the public and private sector. Why is there such confidentiality when it comes to salaries? Well, it, it, for the longest time, has been considered taboo, especially here in the South. We've really found ourselves that you weren't supposed to talk about it. It was considered rude to talk about money. And so it extended from the personal side of it over to the professional side of it. So, And a lot of that was based on the fact that 
there were such pay inequalities that were going on. If you go back in time, you say that men made much more than women. Married men made a lot more than single men. Definitely a discriminatory practices when it came to races and things like that. So you didn't talk about it because there was an inequality. That has turned into something that now, especially here in the South, we see as politeness. So you shouldn't talk about it, which has become secrecy. Um, are there laws about revealing salaries? Yeah, there are. There's actually, um, and it, it, it's going to surprise most people, the National Labor Relationship Board is the board that turns around and controls and monitors this across the nation. Most people, especially here in the South, especially here in Mississippi, where we don't have a lot of unions, turn around and think the NLRB is a group that only works with unions and is something that is seen in the North northeastern part of the United States or the central uh, northern central part of the United States because it's union specific and that is their primary purpose but they actually monitor all employees and the National Rela Labor Relations Act which was formed back in 1935 actually gives them the power and they the board has made a ruling that says companies cannot require employees to not talk about their salaries. You can openly communicate your salaries because it's part of working conditions, and you are always allowed as an employee to talk about the working conditions of your place of employment with other employees, and that the management can't ask you not to do that. They even created a term for it. It's called the chilling effect, where they create a, where an employ, employer creates a culture where it's not considered appropriate to talk about your salary. Um, every time I bring this up, it, it actually surprises tons of people because they think, um, wow, no, you're not supposed to. No, that's become a social thing here and a social grace, if, for lack of a better way to put it, that people have turned around and propelled. But really, the laws are on the side of the employer. Employee, excuse me. So I, I guess, though, as an HR person, this might be a challenge because, again, we might be free to discuss salary in, in our work environment. But, you know, worker A might be doing things and have job responsibilities that worker B is not aware of. And so, well, hey, you get paid more than I do. And so, I mean, I guess it's allowed to, but you want to make sure that, well, I don't know. I mean, it, it just seems like a sensitive area. It is a sensitive area. And what you just said is one of the most common things, especially as the workforce has retracted and people are the concept of doing more with less, you turn around and a lot of people, jobs were eliminated and then they were just uh, absorbed up into other people's jobs. So you start seeing people who may have very similar titles, but employee A does a lot of additional things that were used to be administrative or operational that they've turned around and added to this. So you don't always know. But at the same point in time, you find yourself going, hey, um, that's where you start getting into the fair argument. And the fair, and um, as my dad used to say, is, is it's called work for a reason. It's not called fair and it's not called fun. Um, and so you turn around and when you are going to the fairness, that's where most people get into their feelings. And that's when the conversation gets uncomfortable and why our social graces has turned around and made it late. Let's just not talk about it. So in your experience as an HR person, is it common for employees to ask for a raise? Very common. Very, very common. Happens all the time. Now, do they ask about it in the most in the smartest way? No. Most of the time they turn around and ask about it from a place of their feelings as as, as from as as opposed to talking about it from a 
business association uh, place. So it, it, you really, if I was going to go into deeper, and I will, um, processes is it's a business proposal. Uh, keep your feelings out of it. If you have a question for our experts, send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Today we're talking about how to ask for a raise. You need a job before you can ask for a raise. If you need a job, we've got some information for you next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is Money Talks. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way that you can hear past Money Talks broadcasts. Don't forget about downloading the MPB Public Media app when you can listen on your iPhone or Android phone to all the MPB Think Radio shows on demand. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. MDES, the Mississippi Department of Employment Security, will be guests on uh, Money Talks on May 18th of uh, this year to talk about ways to get a job. We hope you can join us then. Our guest today is Scott Stinson, Director of Human Resources here at MPB, and we're talking about how to ask for a raise. So, Scott, you mentioned uh, that uh, employees, one tip that you said was to treat it as a, a business discussion because that's basically what it is. So what homework can an employee do uh, in advance of a conversation about a raise? Well, right this second, the first most important thing to do is to kind of be aware of the financial situation of your company. It is such a weird time right this moment. Have you had layoffs at your company? Are you hearing phrases like we need to watch our funds or we need to do more with less? If you're hearing stuff like that, be mindful. There's a good chance that there's no funds to get a raise. So while it's never a bad time to ha start a conversation with your supervisor, it may not be the best time to turn around and go for the gusto. You may not actually want to ask, but you can always start having the conversation. And I say start having the conversation. I call it the compensation conversation. It's not always I'm going to go all the way and ask for the sale. I'm not going to ask for the raise. I'm going to turn around and say, hey, I want to open our conversation between my supervisor and myself and start transparency. I want them to know that I'm not afraid to, to talk about money. And I want them to not be afraid to talk about money with me too. Because that, that social thing that I was talking about earlier before the break it, it, it's extended so much now that it's almost fear-based to have a conversation both ways. What a lot of supervisors do now is just wait till I can give you a raise and we let's celebrate you got a raise, but it's actually let's not have a conversation and you need to start working on saying, no, that's in our comfort zone. So some of the things you can do is 
know what you were hired to do. Look at your job description. Are you doing it? Are you doing the things that you are paid to do? So go down your list and say, I was hired to do these 10 things and I do all of them. And then turn around and go, here is another list of the things that I do that's above and beyond my job subscription, job description. And then the, there's a third list. Here's the list of things that I would do if I got a raise. Here are some even more things so that you can walk in and say, I do what you pay me to do. I, here's the things I do that you don't pay me to do. And here's the list of things that I would be willing to do if I could get some more money. It really turns around and starts assigning it to task. And it also tells your supervisor that you've thought about the fact that I know I'm getting money for what the work I'm doing. Uh, whereas a lot of times people, we've gotten to the point where some people look at, I'm getting money because I survived not because I thrived. They turn around and they, I've survived long enough in this position. So therefore you haven't fired me. So you should give me a raise. Uh, what about <clears throat> pay structure? Is there a way that an employee can find out about that in a company? Well, they can ask, but employers have no obligations to share this. Uh, often pay structure is um, broken up into um, exempt and non-exempt, and there is a delineation that happens between those two things, and there actually becomes a, a pay inequity that does happen with that transition because a lot of people are using very old pay structures, but also a ton of companies – even even in 2021, don't have pay structures at all. They're kind of making this up as they go along. So uh, don't be surprised if your company doesn't share that with you. Uh, I think something, if you get um, um, a, cert a certificate, uh, job experience or something, those are things that you might would probably maybe uh, make a better case for your raise. Where can an employee learn about educational requirements that would in, in, enhance their job skills. Well, this is absolutely part of that conversation that I was talking about you should have with your supervisors. That it's, you start turning around and saying, let's have a transparent money conversation. Let's have our compensation conversation. You want to ask them, is this something that you can, um, th that you can work for? However, be aware that there are a lot of biases towards certifications and educations, which is crazy to think about in this time, but it happens, especially when a supervisor themselves may not have a, a certificate or an education level or something like that. So some people value it, some people don't. But the quickest way to find out if it will help you is it would be on your job description. Now, that being said, also with the pay structure, a lot of companies don't have a lot of companies don't have job descriptions anymore, but they may also have what they posted the job for originally. So maybe you can see what they put online to post. I always tell people it's a great thing to turn around and kind of ask, hey, I'd love a job description every time they get a review so that you can look back at it so you can get your review of what you're doing, but also that your job description sits there so that you can see anything on it. That way, if it is on your job description, it gives you one more thing to walk in and take into that business discussion of compensation of not only here's my list of what I do, what I do that I'm not paid for, what I'm willing to do, but... I've moved forward with my qualifications. So I think uh, the state of Mississippi is currently in uh, a project where they're trying to uh, discover, I guess, what the market rate for, for people, different jobs in state government are. So from the worker's point of view, how do you go about trying to find out what your job, what your work that you're doing is really worth? Well, this is one of the things that you can absolutely do online. Um, be aware, though, it is the Internet. And, the, you know, so any we remember everything on the internet's true, right? So um, you, you want to be, that's not true. So you want to be aware that the um, internet may give you some bad information. So I 
always say when you're looking online, do three or four different sources and average them out. But also know that you're doing your own looking for your salary. So sites like Indeed, Glassdoor, um, Payscale, um, those are all going to be great places for you to look. Don't oversell yourself. Remember that those numbers include years of service, and they and so you may turn around. The higher numbers are going to be for the people who have been there. So if you have one year of experience, don't look at the highest number and think you're going to qualify yourself for the highest number. You have to be a little brutally honest with yourself when you're looking at this sort of stuff. And the other thing is, is you have to remember where you live. A salesperson in Jackson, Mississippi is not going to make the same as a salesperson in Dallas, Texas, or even in Memphis, Tennessee. We have different um, cost of living that comes into play. And so that is very hard to turn around and find. So you have to kind of scale it and you'll get a general idea of your rate. But um, when in doubt, scale yourself down. Um, so if uh, you're thinking about trying to ask for a raise, should you go first to your supervisor or to HR? Supervisor. Absolutely supervisor first. If you're going to go to HR, HR would be a great place for you to maybe get some information, but you don't want to ask them about a raise because then you're going to feel like you are, your supervisor is going to see that as you're going around them. So you want this conversation, really your supervisor is going to be the deciding factor that turns around and you want them to be your advocate. So you want to go to them first. Uh, Nancy, let's bring you in, in the conversation uh, for just a bit. Uh, as, a, as an employer, um, what are your thoughts on, on employees and, and asking for raises? Well, first, um, you know, we have a small company, and uh, I believe in being very transparent about the health, the financial health of the company. Um, so I liked what Scott said about knowing how your company is doing before you step in and ask for a raise. Um, and healthy, growing companies want to hang on to their employees. They would rather pay, maybe pay you more than have to spend more and retrain and have somebody new come on board. So if you're a really good employee and the company is growing, I, I think it's okay to open the door if they haven't already. Um, at our company, we're also very transparent about everybody's salaries. We all know what we're all making. And um, that is being shown as an opportunity. If you stay with us, if you follow this track, you can go in that direction as well. So look for those signs. Uh, look for the health of the company. But you also need to be able to say, I am a valuable person here, and I bring value to the table. And so you have to show that through your performance. That has to be documented. You have to have had reviews that are positive or the ones that they're saying we need for you to make some corrections. You can show that you have done what you needed to do. So uh, Nancy mentioned it, and Scott, you mentioned it as well. You know, uh, you want to kind of gauge the, I guess, health of the company uh, before considering asking for a raise. What are some signs uh, that a, a company is healthy with regards to pay equity? Well, first of all, I want to comment on what Nancy just said, because my number one thing I put here was transparency. And the fact that she what she was saying isn't a perfect example of a healthy relationship of a company has with their employees. They are providing them with all the information that they need. So a culture where compensation doesn't seem to be a back alley transaction is a really great first sign. So go, Nancy. That's wonderful. Um, also, objective known criteria regarding recruitment, performance, advantage advancement, compensation, when those are communicated and known and are part of the conversation, that is a really great sign of a healthy company. 
Oh, and then finally, just communication. The things like those annual reviews or even more annually. A lot of times you're getting to the point where reviews are happening more often and they're being less formal, shorter, but also being more communicative with their process. Those are regular, honest metrics that show that you're in a healthy, happy place, especially when it comes to compensation. So uh, is the performance review uh, the best way that an employee can document uh, their track record of strong work? Well, it's always a formal documentation, so it's a great thing. But also, documentation is good across the board. If you want to turn around and have your own documentation that you bring to the table, nothing's stopping you from doing that. So uh, something that an employee might want to do on their own is possibly keep a journal of the projects they've done at work and maybe you know the success of them, how quickly they were performed, and that sort of thing. Absolutely. Always something that measures the results is what you want to turn around and use. For the process is great, and you want to always know your process and know that you're being effective with this, but it's really the results that matter. We're discussing how to ask for a raise. What about getting a salary increase due to an increase in the cost of living? We'll talk about that next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. You already know MPB Think Radio is a direct result of donations from listeners like you. But instead of counting the size of your donation in dollars, how about axles? trucks to motorcycles cars even 18 wheelers your donated vehicle of any size helps fund the programs here on think radio for more information on how to donate your vehicle visit mpbonline.org support Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotter-Janderson president of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft portfolio manager at New Perspectives they are both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. We're talking about how to ask for a raise with our guest, Director of HR here at MPB, Scott Stinson. According to a recent article on Indeed.com, many companies base their raises on merit and contribution rather than a rising cost of living. This is typically because most companies uh, must only award raises to those workers who are productive and contribute to the overall profitability of the business to remain profitable. Scott, was a sort of a cost of living raise ever a thing? Yeah, it absolutely was a thing. In fact, it was a common thing that happened almost annually that turned around and came along. And then we started uh, transitioning this... Oh, 
over a decade ago, we started transitioning to where we were um, doing more than cost of livings because companies were really booming. And so they turned around and kind of weaved them together. It became a minimum raise, which was your cost of living raise. And then you turn around and got performance on top of that. Well, then as time went away, that minimum cost of living raise went away too. And it all became based off of performance. And I guess from the employer's standpoint, uh, the carrot is much better if it's tied to productivity as opposed to it's just another year, the cost of gasoline went up 10 cents, so here's more money. Right. Um, and un- and unfortunately, we turn around because of how our unemployment has been and how our employ- employee market has been. You've turned around and... Um, a lot of companies found themselves where there was an overwhelming amount of people looking for a job. So they turned around. Uh, the thought process, I remember for a strong, around the 2008, 2007, the thought process was, be thankful you have a job. And so that that sat there for a while. And um, we went, many, many companies went years without giving any type of raise because it was be thankful you have a job. And when they all of a sudden came back to it, all that came back was performance-based raises. But again, we talked about this earlier, you know the situation. And so in an, in an, in an era where it's be thankful for a job, you might think twice about asking for a raise where a lot of times help wanted signs everywhere may be more conducive to ask for a raise. Now, how often should you ask for a raise? Oh, well... All right, so you should probably ask for a raise. This is kind of tricky because it depends on a lot of factors. But um, and I, I, you don't want to become a, come across as an, anno- an annoyance to your supervisor. So you don't want to be the um, the cry wolf person. But I would say it's fine to have the conversation about once a year. But that's my com- uh, that that's my compensation conversation. That's not the ask for a raise conversation. So it's fine to talk money that often, um, especially once you start having that that conversation and it becomes more transparent with you and your supervisor. It's fine that if once you've established that as something y'all are comfortable talking about, that's great. But that all of that being said, don't be scared to ask for a raise because the worst thing they can tell you is no. So, um, what what do you want to say when you go in there? Again, we've talked about you know you do your homework, you kind of know the the uh, the work atmosphere in in the country. Uh, you maybe put together some of what you consider maybe your strong points or what you've been successful at. Um, and again, it's a business transaction. So, what do you actually say when you get in there with your supervisor? Well, I would first of all make a point to schedule a meeting with your supervisor. Don't do a drive-by. Don't turn around and just hit them, uh, see their door open and walk in there one day and hit them with it um, because this is an inc- uncomfortable subject. So a lot of times people will turn around and those walls will fall, uh, will fly up and um, they'll get, uh, may go a little de- more defensive than anything. So once you've scheduled that meeting, it also gives them the opportunity to prepare because you may not know that the company is in uh, uh, in tight financials. So they may be able to turn around and start off right off the bat and say, hey, I know you wanted to talk about money, um, and I appreciate you scheduling this with me, but you should know we're not going to do anything for the next six months. Um, you still can have the conversation, though. Great. Let's talk about what can happen in six months. But really, all you need to say is, is hey, Kevin, I wanted to meet today to discuss the possibility of a raise. I've put together a list of some of the things that I do that makes me one of the strongest employees here, and I would love to review them with you. That's it. Direct to the point. Keep it factual. Keep your feelings out of it. 
Um, and again, we talked about doing homework. I guess one other thing that that employee might need to make sure of is, I guess, in not all situations, would your immediate supervisor be the person who decides whether you get a raise or not? Is that the case? Absolutely. So a lot of times you're going to start with a conversation with your supervisor, but they have no budget control whatsoever. So they're going to turn around and say, thank you for giving me the information. Um, I'm Switzerland. I'm the buffer zone. <laughs> so um, I'm going to turn around and now channel this up uh, up the ladder, and I'll get back in touch with you. So you should absolutely be pre- prepared for that because a lot of times managers don't own the budgets. They usually live at director level. All right. So uh, you ask for the raise. What happens if you get a maybe? Well, remember, a maybe is so much better than a no. So we're going to take a maybe as a win. Anything that's not a no is a win. But you turn around and then, again, because it's a business conversation you're having at this point in time, you go, great, thank you so much for this. When would be a good time for me to follow up with them? Try to get them to turn around and give you a time frame. Um, They're very possibly going to say, I'll follow up with you and say, that's awesome. Would you mind and be be fair, would you mind if I follow up with you in three months? Give them, um, I always think three months is a good number that uh, most people are not going to have an issue with that. You're giving them plenty of room to turn around and have a, um, to get some type of information for you, but try to nail down a time that you can follow up with them. And again, I think that uh, prevents the other drive-by, you know, every time you're going by, you're, you know, peeking your head in your boss's door and saying, you know, with that questioning look on your face. So I think a good idea to go ahead and schedule that because again, again, that makes it more comfortable for, for both ends of the equation. Absolutely. Because this is an awkward conversation conversation, especially here in the South. This is something that we we have let live on the razor's edge of taboo. All right. So what if you get a no? What uh, what should you consider doing then? Well, first of all, remember that it's very possible the no is well beyond your control. You may it may have absolutely nothing to do with you and the work that you are doing. It may be the situation that you're in. Right. This uh, example, we've all been told that there are no raises this year um, and so that's possible. There may be every single employee there has no raises this year. So be mindful of that. You accept the no and say thanks. And again, when would be a great time for me to follow up? I would love to turn around and follow up with this. Um, you need to be aware of a couple of other things, though. This is where you're going to have to do some self-evaluation. Um, because you may get a no for some unfair reasons. You may get a no because your boss doesn't like you. You may get a no because you may think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread there, but your list, actually, when you looked at your list of do you do your job duties, you left off a couple of bullet points because you don't really do those. Um, And then your list of all the things that you do that you're not getting paid for that's above and beyond your job is really small or non-existent, but you're trying to, um, you're really good at selling yourself, so you're trying to sell this. So you may have to turn around and look at that sort of stuff and look at are you in the situation where a raise is really possible. So is it maybe a good idea to say, okay, no, what what can I do to get the yes? I mean, to maybe try to get some feedback on, on where your employer needs you to go to get a raise? Absolutely. And that should be part of every single conversation you have, whether it's a yes, a maybe, or a no. But when you turn around and say, when's a good time for me to follow up? The next question out of your mouth is, is and I would love a list of things that you think I need to address so that you are turning around and refocusing it on your worth ethic and your strong worth ethic that you are turning around and putting yourself as a worker. So you absolutely want to turn around and say, yes, give me uh, more information. Let me be even better. Help me strengthen my case for the next time I come in here. 
So part of what we've been talking about is, you know, knowing when to ask for a raise or go in there and start that conversation. Uh, with job responsibilities, a change, if you've uh, graduated, if you get some sort of certificate, is that a good time to open the conversation? Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. When you turn around and have something that you're wor that's worthy of celebration that you feel is going to be a good thing, so turn around and share that with your with your boss. You may find that they aren't reciprocal of it, but you um, 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 you turn around and with that, you need to make sure that you um, be aware. Again, avoid that drive-by, turn around and set the meeting, be respectful and stay out of your feelings. Hey, I got this, stick to the facts with it. Um, your pride... Um, doesn't get a raise. Your attitude in your work gets a raise. And, you know, a lot of times when uh, you're angry and you fire off an email, they say, you know, write it out and then delete it. And again, I mean, if you get the no, it might not be a good idea to blurt something out. Maybe go back to your office, take a couple of days, talk to your family or whatever. But again, defuse the situation before you react. Absolutely. And this is also, raise is probably one of the things that you always want to do, talk face-to-face. -face. This is probably not something you want to turn around and email over with. Um, remember, email is documentation, and documentation comes across as aggressive, always. So you want to have a conversation. You want to turn around and present this. That's one of the challenges why people avoid this conversation so much. It's so nerve-wracking. Um, but if you stick with the facts and you turn around and walk in with documentation and paper in your hand, when in doubt, you always get to go look back at your notes and just cover what you got on your notes. So if you can't get a raise, um, is it okay to ask for and would employers usually give maybe any other kind of perks or benefits? Okay, so now we're getting out of the box. Um, and that's cool. That's absolutely cool to, for you to turn around and start thinking about this. Again, this is where you need to be aware of what your company has. Um, and you also need to live in that mentality of, I'm going to ask, there's a good chance I'm going to get a no here because I don't know what they allow to do. But, you know, so tread a little carefully here, but again, all you can get is a no with it. So yeah, there's tons of things you can do. You can all remember time is money. So if you can't get actual money, ask for time, ask about vacation time. If there's any way you can get additional vacation time. Flexible work schedules is the thing that has, uh, especially in this last year, that has become huge. Work from home. A lot of companies who lived in a very absolute mentality of you cannot work from home, turn around and see if you can do that and if that's a possibility of it. So always look at your things about time. There's even companies that are giving sabbaticals now where you turn around and you can leave your job for two months and turn around and go do a sabbatical and they'll hold your position for you. Um, so those are things that are possibility. The other thing is, is ask about training. We were talking about education and um, certificates and stuff. Ask if the company will provide training for that sort of stuff. If you find an opportunity, because especially at some companies, they may not have budgeted anything for funds, but they may have stuff budgeted for training that never gets touched. And, and I would think, again, from the employer's point of view, if my employee is asking me, where can I go to become a better worker? That would seem to be, show me that this person is interested in not only getting more money, but improving and being more productive for the company. Absolutely. It goes right in line with those, hey, tell me what you want me to work on. It's turning around and always focusing it back on the work as opposed to the pocketbook. And um, so that become, that keeps it from being personal and that keeps it be, being focused on these four walls. 
We're talking about how to ask for a raise with human resources professional Scott Stinson. What about getting more money by working overtime? We've got information on that next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. We always like to remind you that Tuesdays at 10 a.m., immediately following our show, listen live to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. According to the Department of Labor, covered non-exempt employees must receive overtime pay for hours worked over 40 per work week at a rate not less than one and a half times the regular rate of pay. We're talking today with HR Director Scott Stinson from MPB about how to ask for a raise. So, Scott, I guess uh, not necessarily asking for a raise, but to know whether you're entitled to overtime. Again, uh, that's something that your HR department should have and, and should be willing to, to share with you. Absolutely. And it really should also have been included with any type of offer letter that you were received when you started. That should be information that is shared with you uh, right off the bat. And when in doubt, you can always ask that question. I said earlier that you could go to HR to ask information. That's that's a great question to ask your HR representative. Um, so we know that uh, the state of Mississippi has a lot of employees, uh, some who listen to our show. Uh, is it different to ask for a raise if you're, a, well, in federal government as well, and local government, is it different to ask for a raise if you're a government employee as compared to uh, a private company? Yeah, it can be. Raises for government employees are more regulated than raises for uh, for um, for-profit companies. They are tied to budgets that are voted on and approved by the legislature, and they are paid with some tax money. So transparency has to be become, it have to be public information that's shared on it and how much you spent on all that sort of stuff. So a lot of them are controlled on when that can go into effect and or if they can go into effect. Um, we just got our appropriations from the legislature just a few weeks ago here, and that turned around and wrote, uh, worked in it for many of the state agencies, especially the ones that are controlled by the Mississippi State Personnel Board. Um, so, again, I guess HR would be the place to go if uh, your government job, if you wanted to find out uh, what your pay window or pay range was. Um, yeah, so a lot of that is, and also for most government jobs, for state and federal government jobs, not necessarily always for city and local municipalities, but they're going to turn around, they're, it's, they're required to post it. So it is on the posting that turns around and has with it, because a lot of times they have a, a start pay, and that is pretty much what it is. 
Um, there's a little bit of a window that can probably happen with some of the positions, but some of the positions, they start at what they're posted as. So you can turn around and go through it and look it up. Now, that being said, I want to be honest, we're talking about government websites, and they're not always the most user-friendly websites for you to go navigate through, but it's there. So you can turn around, like, for example, in Mississippi, almost every single Mississippi State job is posted, is listed with its salary, and you can turn around and see what it is right now. Um, there aren't a lot of unions uh, workers in Mississippi, I don't think. Uh, but uh, what about an option for pay raises for, for union members? Does a union get involved in pay raises for their union members? Yeah, sure. Unions have collective bargaining agreements, and that's really the function of what a union does. So it turns around and it actually establishes a minimum salary for you to start at. And then it also, they usually establish some type of minimum pay raise that is given on an annual basis. But you are still up to go negotiate your own salary on top of that. So you can always turn around and go and ask for more. All a union does is set the minimum base. All right. We've got uh, about a couple minutes left. I thought maybe we could maybe do a quick review. Um, so again, let's start out uh, by doing our homework if we're looking for a raise. Again, what are some of the things to have as your ammunition uh, before thinking about going in to start the conversation? Number one, know your job description. Turn around and say, here's what I was hired to do, and I'm doing everything that I was hired to do. Let's go down the list and make sure that I've covered all that. Number two, you want to say, here are the things that I do that are above and beyond my job description that I do right now, and you really don't pay me for, you pay me for my job description. And number three, these are the things I would love to be willing to do if you could give me some more money. Uh, and also, uh, you had said, uh, we talked about how awkward this uh, conversation can be. So planning ahead, give your supervisor or HR, whoever you want to go to, to talk about the raise. Give them plenty of warning and, and have it scheduled out because, as we mentioned a couple of times, this is a business transaction. This is a business transaction. You want to set yourself up and them up for success. And because of the awkwardness of this conversation, you want to make sure that everybody's prepared for it because you want it to come out with at least some positive information. You really want it to come out with a raise. But if you can walk away with positive information, it's a win. Um, and then be prepared for a yes, good news, a maybe, and a no. Uh, and again, a maybe you said uh, to possibly... Uh, plan out when when a decision might be made. Absolutely. And you want to know time based off of all of those. If it's a yes, great. When is it effective? If it's a maybe, okay, great. When should I follow up? If it's a no, that's fair. What should I work on and when can we follow up again? Um, this is maybe an off-the-wall off question for about the, right here at the end of the show, but if you get a no, I mean, I guess you, that may be time to start looking for another job. Okay, so that goes back to if you get a no and you got to do some self-introspection on, on yourself, you're going to have to say, are you, is this the right place for me? Does this boss like me? Can I, can I move forward here? Um, turn around and you have to start asking yourself if this is the place where I need to be to get what I want. And then you have to answer your question is, is am I happy here? Is that more important than my money? Um, because we still live in a world right this second where many people control their own salary destiny by leaving companies. Great stuff, Scott. Thanks for being with us this morning. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. To hear today's show or previous show, you can visit moneytalks.mpbonline.org or listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks on your favorite podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill, and our call screener today was Lisa Lancaster. So for Dr. Nancy Lotcher-Janderson, Ryder Taft, and our guest Scott Stinson, I'm Kevin Farrell. Join us Tuesdays at 9 for Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio.
Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at Trustmark.com, member FDIC. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 